Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Traded on Cotton. He's a younger kid. He uh, uh, played uh, for, this is his redshirt junior season uh, that he's coming into. He redshirted his true freshman year and then saw action in a couple games in 2018 and then missed last year because of injury, but has not received a medical redshirt for that injury. So it looks like he's got two years of eligibility remaining. But he's from uh, Indercombe High School in uh, Sacramento, uh, California. And was an outstanding two-way player there at 20 touchdowns, 1,900 all-purpose yards. But as a quarterback, also, so, so he, right. know, he knows offensive football a little bit. Uh, but defensively, 63 tackles, five picks. He was the number three safety in California as rated uh, by Scout. Also the number seven safety in the West. Uh, so, you know, very good player, highly recruited player. Ended up going to Oregon State and now with two years of eligibility left. Now, I don't know what the injury was that either of these kids had, but especially coming off it from last season uh, for Trajan Cotton, I don't know what his uh you know what that injury was and what the significance of it if there was any sort of surgery associated with it or what have you uh but obviously a a very highly recruited kid and in a position especially because the word is that they're going to work these kids out at cornerback uh how much they're, you know, in a position of the Grizzlies certainly need help and you can always use as many guys in that secondary especially at corners you can find my initial reaction to this was uh, it's a little bit too bad that the Grizz couldn't get these guys for this season. Obviously, they weren't available at the time. There was a, a potential grad transfer from Arizona State last summer that the Grizz were in the market for and almost almost got him. He had the inside track, but I don't want to take this off the rails yet, but there's a situation going on with grad transfers at the University of Montana. It seems as if uh, this the Hicks Onu kid is good to go because they Montana put out a press release and he is grad transferring, so I assume that means he's in. But there's been a couple different 
cases. The Arizona State corner transfer they almost got last summer, and uh, then the kid from BYU, mm-hmm. uh, the Hartnett kid who almost came here to play point guard for the Grizz. Neither one of them could get into grad school, which I just I think that that's crazy when you have floundering enrollment like Montana does. And if the guy's got a degree, if he, I mean, I don't know. Regardless. That's not what this is about, though. This is about they fortified a position of need, certainly. Uh, but the second thought I had w- about this was that Oregon State's doing sort of a wholesale uh, cleaning house. These guys came to play for Gary Anderson, and these two transfers combined with Jeffrey Manning, who's a safety who just visited Montana State last week, that's three guys from the Oregon State secondary alone that are on the market at least, and Manning might end up going to Bozeman as well. He seemed, I mean, his Twitter was showing him wearing the Bobcat jersey and saying he loved his his visit, and so we'll see how that pans out. But uh, th- there's a little bit of an exodus from the Oregon State secondary. And a lot of times with the new coaching staff, it's not necessarily maybe that these guys are leaving as much as maybe they're even getting forced out, or it could be a combination of both. Maybe they just don't, they, you know, they're not meshing with the new coaching staff. It's right. just a new right. coaching staff in place. So, um, but this is definitely this definitely helps Montana certainly um, because. They need corners. I mean, I thought that the narrative coming into Bobby Houck's first season was we have three flaws. Offensive line, defensive secondary, and depth at linebacker. Montana has fortified its depth at linebacker, certainly. Especially with the emergence of, of younger guys like Jace Lewis and, and Marcus Wellnell. They Montana revamped their safety position more quickly than I even thought possible. They went from having no safeties to a bunch of safeties. They brought in Gavin Robertson from Arizona, Robbie Houck from Northern Arizona, uh, Reed Miller from Arkansas, mm-hmm. and then they also had a bunch of young guys like Nash Fouch, who had a then this next year had a great standout year. But then also some of the local guys like David Copang, Jackson Pepe, a bunch of guys that I think have potential too. They went from no depth there to actually uh, quite a bit of depth at safety, so that was good. The offensive line, that story's been told. Extensively, just uh, how much that they've improved. I still think they have a long ways to go to become back to elite, but they were certainly better this year than they were a year ago. No doubt. And and, and in the secondary, I, I just think that with the premier players that Montana had on defense this last year, specifically Dante Olson, that two shutdown corners would have just made the world a difference. And, and we've talked extensively about Justin Calhoun on this show. I mean, the kid deserves all the credit in the world. He's a slot receiver that was, I mean, he started... 25 straight games at corner and mm-hmm. he got picked on a little bit. He gave up some yards and stuff, but he was very, very, very competitive. He almost always made the tackle. And even when he made, he gave up plays and he, he hardly ever got burned over the top. And so he deserves a ton of credit, but that said, it doesn't mean he can't upgrade at that position still. And so w- when you look at Montana's corner depth, they still do lack depth at that position. I know that the coaching staff really likes Corbin Walker, who showed flashes this year as a true freshman. He had that pick six against Southeastern Louisiana to cap that blowout. Darian Nash has actually done really well. Darian Nash has improved tremendously from when he first switched to corner. He's a guy that doesn't necessarily have quite elite speed as a corner, but he's got great size, and I think he's very competitive, and that's that's where it all starts. But just adding two dudes, especially because they also lose a couple guys that really weren't able to contribute. The Hemphill kid that was the San Jose State transfer who blew his knee early in the year, he didn't really get a chance to prove himself. Yeah. Lewis Cowens left the program last year, uh, entered the transfer portal. Um, Josh Egbo, 
who was supposed to be in the mix, he blew his ACL in the summer. And he graduated this last year, but he has a year of eligibility left, so I don't know where he stands. But regardless, they don't have, Darren Ness is the only proven guy that they have at, at corner, besides with a little little flash to Corbin Walker, they needed dudes. And I think that this was a good recruiting move by Montana to bring these guys in. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, too, is that you, you cornerback is probably is probably the hardest position in the Big Sky Conference to recruit. I mean, they, they there seems to be constantly a dearth of kids that are that are true corners in the sense of the word one is it's a really hard position to play and sort of like offensive line at a level mm-hmm. if you are like a straight true cornerback you're going to power five schools certainly to the fbs just about across the board because there's just not many of them just like there's not that many actually athletic six foot four 300 pounds seniors in high school that could do it the difference is at offensive line, you can physically develop guys. You can totally. put them on the 12,000 calorie a day and 10, 10 hours in the weight room plan and get them going in that direction. To an extent, you can, but by and large, you just can't make guys faster. You can't make them, you certainly can't make them longer. And so it, it's just, it's it's not as developable a position physically as what the offensive line is. And that's why I think it's really hard to find. And it's especially to in today's game, so critical. I mean, it, it, it's as Definitely. important a, a position on the defensive side as there is. And so, obviously, the more guys you can bring in, the better. And, you know, anytime you see, you know, transfers, grad transfers from Power 5, especially a kid uh, like like uh, Omar Hicks, Anu, who's played uh, significantly. I mean, you're talking about 24 straight games played. Yeah, he started, what, five games in his it, career? Uh, Oh, started oh, five. Yeah, started but, five, but, but right, I think right, he played right. 30 total games, right. and he was playing in 24 games. So that means he's in the rotation. Huge. I mean, in the Pac-12, too, they play three to four corners all the time. And not, right. that's not uncommon for a lot of leagues, but especially in a league like the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about the like rec- to think that at least he certainly has experience, okay? You put it, the, put it that at the least. You're, you're talking about uh, the, the recruiting, too, and I think that college football recruiting now, especially uh, in the Power Five, think of it like a matrix almost that they have in terms of, of – Measurables and the offensive line you know, that you you want a, a guy that's at least six five and a lot of power five programs say they won't recruit a DN that's shorter than six three and sometimes if you have like tremendous players like a guy like Ed Oliver who might not be the prototype size but that guy might be able to I mean he's obviously he's a five star recruit I mean he's his his play speaks for itself but. The cornerback position, especially on the West Coast, has just gotten filtered out so much because so much of the hotbed is in California. So much of the, so many of these schools are recruiting the seven-on-seven leagues and the summer camps and the Nike camp circuits and all that stuff. And you get measured, and then you get your spark rating, and you either are or you aren't. But the thing that's happened to the big sky is now, if you're a six-one corner, you're going to get a shot. If you can, if you're a six-one corner who can run, you're going to get a shot. In the, uh, even if you can't really play because they think they can develop you and they just want as many bodies as they possibly can get. And so some schools, particularly like schools that have had pretty good success the last couple of years at corner, Eastern Washington, Weber State, Montana State, they've gone with short but competitive guys. I mean, Montana State's corners these last couple of years have been, I mean, they're they're mini. I mean, they're five foot seven, five foot eight. but guys like Tyrell Thomas, he's not scared of anybody. He, he can make plays on the ball, but you're sacrificing the length. Yeah. So these guys feel, uh, I mean, these guys are going to look, they're going to look the part more than most guys in the league. There's not a lot of 6'1 corners right. in the big sky. Right. 
And so it'll be interesting to see how they fit in the mix. But the other thing is that the fact that these guys played mostly safety, but that they're bringing them in at corner. The in, in Montana's scheme, there's all sorts of complication in the middle nine. Let's call it the guys on the outside. It's not very complicated. Get them, guard them. Right. I mean, you're playing man a lot. Right. They must see that these guys have those potential, that potential, because I really don't think they recruit them unless they did. So I think that even if they didn't have a ton of banked reps at corner, they obviously think these guys have man-to-man skills. And probably a lot of that comes from their high school tape, too. But it seems like this this is definitely the, the type of transfer you want to recruit in terms of guys that maybe just fell out of favor of the program they were at. There was a coaching change. You know, Oftentimes, you're bringing in guys that got in trouble or couldn't hack it or didn't live up to expectations. These guys both just got hurt. And there's a coaching change at the same time. That a lot of times makes the door for open sure. for you to for leave. Sure. And so it seems like it's pretty solid. I mean, this just happened this afternoon, so I haven't watched that much of these guys. But I know Carrollton's a really good high school football town. That high, that's a good high school. And Sacramento's a hotbed, too. So I, I think these guys have probably played a lot of competitive football, and they've played in the Pac-12. So I think it's good additions for Montana. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. After a slight hiatus, glory be to 2020. And we are back with the chick who doesn't know sports. Carolyn, hi. How are you? Great. How are you today? We're doing great. Happy New Year. Is everything well? Everything is just divine. Good. good. I mean... Okay. No, you don't have to get into oh, it. I just okay, want well, a simple, short answer. Maybe, maybe my fans want to know. Well, they, they do know that everything's divine, which is very good. Even better than I thought that we were going to get. Uh... Carolyn, uh, if you are just joining us in the new year, if you decided at the new year to make a change in your life and move to uh, Western Montana, move to the state of Montana, she's been helping us out uh, for the last several months, uh, identifying things in the world of sports that we don't really uh, maybe identify the way that we should because she doesn't really keep her finger on the pulse of sports out in the world and then expresses her views to us about these very things, which uh, invariably is insightful at least uh so carolyn what do you got for us today what have you been thinking about you've had plenty of time to prepare Mm -hmm. well something great happened wow okay um, in football and the patriots lost the patriots certainly did lose you're gonna take us way back in the news cycle to the titans patriots that's really not the story the story is that tom brady doesn't know if he's gonna keep playing football I think Tom Brady absolutely is going to keep playing football. He doesn't know. He does know. I, he would know if he was going to the Super Bowl. He'd be like, yeah, I'm still playing. But you know, 
So this I is. I mean, here's the thing: Tom Brady's never going to retire. Tom Brady is the most narcissistic person on planet Earth, and he thinks that he's like 30, even though he's 43. I think I'm 30, or maybe. Well, even you act a lot more like 30 than psychopath Tom Brady does. Wait, but <laughs> that, well, that was a contradictory <laughs> statement in the span of 30 seconds right there. Uh, uh, Tom, Tom is, yeah, t- but Tom is just so out there. Here's the thing, okay? I understand there's a lot of people who love the Patriots, a lot of people that hate the Patriots, a lot of people love Tom Brady, a lot of people that hate Tom Brady. But that generally is reserved for people who actually do care or are interested in sports. But you have had an undying <laughs> fury of hatred about Tom Brady. I do. Since I've ever known you mm-hmm. with no, I mean, you got no roots in Boston. You're from Canada. You're supposed to be kind and docile. So where does this come I from? I have no idea. I truly <laughs> don't know. I just despise him and his wife. And they don't eat, like, tomatoes. And, you know, I, I just, I can't deal he with He dressed that. up like an avocado for Halloween or whatever. Probably. No, he did. And the he, reason she doesn't like him is because she's right. Yeah. She just knows. Sick you can ju- You can just see when someone is exhaustively arrogant, mm-hmm. dripping with arrogance. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. And he said, can I say that? <laughs> sure, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you could you do me though another big favor and, and just be Tom Brady's childhood pouty boy again? I didn't get to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm not gonna play football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm guessing is happening. What else you got? Thanks for, for us, cutting. Carolyn. Thanks for cutting our promo for us for next week. <laughs> That's gonna be on ESPN Radio forty times yeah. next week at least. Good. Um, Antonio Brown. I don't like this. <laughs> What's next? This is only going to go back. <laughs> Skip. Skip. No, Fast forward it. No, I won't. And here's why. Because his agent is dropping him. Yes. That's how bad it is with him. His agent said until he gets help. It's not just any agent. This is Drew Rosenhaus. This is the real life Jerry Maguire. This is the real life. Take anybody. I mean. He says, show me the money. Yes. At one moment, Drew <laughs> Rosenhaus did. was sitting there watching Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in his driveway and enabling this other crazy wide receiver to be a complete and utter narcissist. And Antonio Brown, I've honestly reached the there point. Is, there is no. There's no comparison to. No. There's no comparison to Antonio Brown to anybody at this point. I've crossed the threshold with Antonio Brown. I feel bad for Antonio Brown because when you watch these videos that he's putting on Twitter and Instagram, He's completely lost his mind. He's gone cuckoo. And it's it's not even like a funny yeah, haha. I, I'm not. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just not. I I don't know anything about Antonio Brown. I don't know Antonio Brown. I understand what you're saying about this stuff and what he's doing and how he's portraying and the things that he's up to. And it does not seem rational. Yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, I'm just not ready to sit here and pile on in any in any of these ways. I don't know, it just I don't know. I I'm just gonna let this guy do his thing. You know what you can do to support him? You can go on his Instagram and buy his no. new gummy line. No. <laughs> no. What's your next thing, you know, Carolyn? One, one last point on the Antonio Brown thing, though, because I I do think that the most indicative thing that's happened in this saga is actually Drew Rosenhaus dropping him. Because what do we know about the NFL? If you can coach and you can play, you'll get a shot. And it doesn't Just really about. matter what your history is. Now well, we've seen some counterexamples of that, but in general, but that in is general, a fact. I mean, we've yes. had a lot of yep. guys that have done a lot of horrific things. Antonio Brown has been a bad teammate, a very um, 
self-absorbed person, but he's not actually, and he, he was, he was charged, or he, he, he's in the middle of a civil suit that has to do with sexual assault, but he has actually not been charged with any criminal charges of any sort. We've seen guys that have co- come back to the NFL from felony charges. For sure. And played, and so to me, the fact that Drew Rosenhaus, who... I mean, he's not necessarily this moral compass. The, the harbinger for ethical north. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when he's dropping you, then that means it's it might be over for it's you. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Okay. Anything else, I've there, got Carolyn? one. I'm okay. sure you've heard about Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a, there was a arrest warrant issued over him slapping the behind of a, a cop. Uh, yes. Of a is it was it an officer or was it a security, security. guard at the stadium? Who, I mean, either way. I'm not sure, but, but, <laughs> see what I did there. Funny. I don't really know what the big deal is and why you would be arrested for this. Well, there's like three things that happened uh, after the national championship game that, to me, none of them are a big deal, and everybody's making them a big deal, and I just think it's ridiculous. Odell Beckham's an LSU alum. LSU won the national championship. Odell Beckham had a lot of money in his pocket, and he was giving $100 handshakes to all the players. That's an NCAA violation, but like at this point, like who cares, man? Joe Burrow's going to the NFL. Well, well, it isn't though. That's the point is that he gave them to them after, after the won. game. After the my understanding, to guys who were seniors who were done. Oh, it was playing. only seniors. That's my understanding. Okay, so why is that against the no, rules? No, it, it get- wouldn't be. That's why he did it because this whole thing about not paying players, and so now right, that you're right. done playing. Right. Let the money it fly. It would be against the rules just because it could be considered an improper benefit because he is in technically a booster as well as an alum. So if he was giving them money, that's an incentive for them to continue to play there. Who knows? Anyways, okay, okay. that's 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 actually the most egregious of the three acts. He's also in hot water for smacking a smacking a, bum. a butt and uh He's also, in, it wasn't he involved in the cigar thing? Well, too? I think this was all part of it. So there's a bunch of guys smoking cigars in the locker room afterwards, a bunch of players and so forth. And this particular, you know, officer, security guard, whatever, whatever the, the capacity was, I'm not entirely sure, was evidently trying to. Look, I don't know. He ascertain or understand, like, if this was okay for this kid to be smoking. I don't know if it was a question he of was age or a question of where or whatever. stop smoking okay. in, the, in the stadium. Because it's an inside no a public area. So he okay. was saying stop okay. smoking, and then he got a little And so, slap. look, man, it's only a thing because millions of people were watching this sort of transpire both on television and then later on on the internet and on the Twitters and things like that. I am with you, Coulter. All of this can just go away, and it's not going to is not going to bother me, you know, one way or the other. This, yeah, that's what I think. You're not going to lose sleep over it tonight? I don't lose sleep over anything. Okay. Good. Uh, Ryan you. has the greatest life. Right. Yeah, that is that is a fact. Ryan I, thinks he has no control over his own existence, therefore he just cruises in bliss. That sounds dreamy. I'm living on a wave of fate. Wow. Lucky you. And sleeping soundly. Good for you. I'm just going to go guzzle wine and call it a night. Carolyn... <laughs> I don't know if thank you is the word, but thank you. Uh, as always, it's an adventure. Well, Thanks for being here. Thanks for being you. Well, it's pretty easy, I guess. Evidently, it's pretty easy. It is. That's, That's why I hear everybody's idle. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite water slides that's right they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families groups and birthday parties 
With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Uh, Coulter, the uh, Grizzlies, men's and women's teams playing Idaho tomorrow. The Montana men in Missoula. Uh, the Lady Grizz in Moscow, and then their counterparts, the Montana State Bobcats, playing Eastern Washington. The Bobcats have had a full week off, have not played since last Saturday, and the men hosting the Eastern Washington Eagles and the Lady Cats on the road in Cheney. Uh, Coulter, Idaho, 5-11. and The men are 5-11 and this year coming into uh, Missoula. They played Eastern last night, so an interesting deal with the two teams that are playing the Grizz and Cats tomorrow played each other yesterday uh eastern washington at home won that game was this was this eastern of moscow i can't tell in any case 78 75 the final of that score eastern washington won by three points idaho is now five and eleven um we talked with coach to cure earlier this week colter and and he said you know what this is the record whatever this is a dangerous team and they have one of Really, the under-the-radar but truly premier players in the conference, the Idaho Vandals men's basketball team. Well, absolutely. I mean, Trayvon Allen, there's no question he's one of the premier players in the conference. I mean, he's been a contributor in Idaho for four years. He uh, has been their leading scorer the last couple of years, and he is the leading scorer in the Big Sky Conference during conference play right now. He's averaging 21 points per game. He's got good shooting splits. I mean, he's shooting 46% from the floor, 45.5% from three and 80% from the free throw line. So, I mean, that's what you want from a, a guy who's a senior t- to be shooting like he is. And it's impressive he's shooting those sorts of splits considering he draws so much attention too. Right. With this Idaho team, I mean, Don Verlin fired in the offseason after 11 years at the helm. And that caused then the dominoes to fall. Mass exodus out of Moscow from the men's basketball program. Then eight guys hit the transfer portal, including Cameron Tyson, who was one of the best freshmen in the league. Last year, Cameron Tyson broke Tyler Hall's single-season record for three-pointers in a season by a freshman. They also lost guys like Jared Rodriguez, who was a very good player. So this is an Idaho team that has a bunch of new faces. I mean, Trayvon Allen and Scott Blakeney were the only two guys from last year's squad who really got any playing time. The difference is that Idaho had six freshmen that they were playing last year, so that was supposed to be the foundation of the future. And I know there's a lot of Vandal fans that were very... um, Don Berlin, he's not necessarily beloved, but not necessarily... He wasn't hated either. I think that he was just... I think most people were pretty fine with the job he has done. And I think they were disappointed in the year when they had Vic Sanders and Perrin Collindrett and they did not sure. win the title. Right. But they've had multiple 21 seasons under Don Berlin, and he's done a lot better than guys that preceded him. But then when he left, they they got rid of all those, or I guess all those young guys left. And so now, ironically, even though last year they were absolutely the youngest team in the league, now they're not. They're just one of the teams that has no, almost no experience playing with each other. They brought in six junior college transfers. They also brought in 
Uh, I, I dropped down in Jack Wilson, who's a seven footer, true seven footer from Oregon State. And so, I mean, they've just been really trying to find their way. They're 0 6 on the road. They're only 1 4 in conference play. But they the one win was over Portland State, who's a pretty solid team. But their losses. 62 to 60 to Idaho State, 69 68 to Weaver right. State, 71 to 68 to Montana State, and 78 to 75 to Eastern Washington. So you're talking about a grand total of nine points in four conference losses. No doubt. So they're knocking on the door. The thing that they've been doing well is they've been making people play their style. And that's one thing where Montana is so good at making people play their style. Who's going to get the upper hand in that element with the Vandals coming to town on Saturday night? Uh, it is also, you know, worth noting for for Idaho, they are they're five and eleven overall. They're one and four in the Big Sky Conference, which is last. Okay, eleventh out of eleven. They're the only team that has not won on the road yet this season. They're zero and six on the road. So when you look at all that, you go, well, you know. Last versus the first. It's on the home floor of the team that's in first place. This is a trap game for the Montana Grizzlies. They've been playing really well. We've talked about how much they've improved. We've talked about trying to keep the team's attention with Coach DeCure and and what he's done in practice. And he has ways, right, of getting kids' attention and getting the team to practice. And I think he makes a very good point when he talks talks to a sculptor about we had guys, we we as a team were trying to just get through practice. We weren't trying to get better. And that's very, I mean, that's easy to do, man, to just show up, do the drills, run through the thing, but not actively work, in, you know, which is a matter of will. It's even harder when you go up against a team that you go, we're better than this team. We're going to pound this team. And uh, fr- frankly, I don't think that's going to happen. Montana can and should win this game tomorrow. They're certainly favored to win this game. But if you just look at the the wins and losses and that sort of thing, the numbers of this thing, you're going to think a lot less probably of Idaho versus Montana in Missoula in particular than you would. But the numbers don't bear that out. To your point, four losses in conference by a, a, a collective 10 points or whatever it was that you said. I mean, that's th- this is a team that has really come to play as by no means phoned it in and after having a some laughable losses early in their season has really come along and frankly in that respect sort of mirrors Montana and so this is this is a this is a game that's and by the way it's Montana Idaho right I mean at the end of the day it's the Vandals and the Grizzlies that's a big deal and and this is going to be the one shot to uh to watch this team and watch this rivalry in Missoula the Grizz have three seniors, but they have most of the guys in their rotation are freshmen and sophomores, with the exception of the one junior in the in the whole program, really, in Timmy Falls. Yeah. But I think that the older guys, especially the guys from Montana, Kendall Manuel and Jared Sampson, I mean, this is a unique situation that Montana's got with Very. the fact that they have two seniors that are from Montana that are viable players, not just, you know, I mean, not viable. I mean, they're, they're leading players. They're, I mean, yeah, I mean Kendall Manuel, Kendall Manuel, right now is is lighting the league. I mean, he's yes, he's got himself at least to six games in. I got himself on track to be an all league player. So, mm-hmm. um, and Samson's been very solid as well. They understand that this is a rivalry game. Travis DeKear certainly understands that Idaho is is a big rival, and I think that. Because of that, the younger guys will quickly understand as well. So, we watched them practice a little bit on Wednesday, I guess it was, and things are really falling into place for this Montana team, just mm-hmm. in terms of the hierarchy, 
of leadership. Saeed Bridget, who's not a guy I really expected to emerge as as this this pinnacle leader, he has been. A guy like Derek Carter Hollinger, you can tell he looks up to Saeed Pridget so much. Saeed's always encouraging Derek yes, Carter Hollinger. Yes. And I think Saeed, he's not he's not a very talkative guy. I mean, we've had him on this show. He did the ESPN roundtable with him. I think we had to ask him 200 questions. I think he's incredibly there. talkative. It doesn't take him long. No, to right, say right, 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 right. That's that's true. <laughs> he, he's, he, he spits his line real quick. I mean, he's, he's two sentences and that's it. He's not a lot of elaboration. He answers your questions, and you're right, he does. He says it very quick, and and. Uh, Makes his point without using too many words. Uh, but he's such a great leader by example. And I think that his versatility and his ability to thrive in multiple different situations, multiple different positions, has really rubbed off on the rest of the team. And now everybody's kind of fallen in line. I think that people are, the, the Grizz are starting to learn their roles, embrace their roles. This game on Saturday, though, just comes down to, like you said, avoiding the, the trap element of it and. Shutting down Trayvon Allen because I mean, Trayvon Allen is a great player. So Montana's got to be ready. For Montana State, they host Eastern Washington, and just on the balance of a season, this is a this is as big a first half of the season game as I think Montana State could have. They're at home. They're three and three. They're going up against Eastern Washington, who is three and two, but they've had a full week off, and they're coming off a disappointing. One point loss in a in a in a street fight with Portland State that they lost at the buzzer, and now have a full week to prepare for the team that is currently number three in the Big Sky Conference standings in Eastern Washington, and certainly a team that is expected to contend in this conference. And so your shot to get them at home, coming off a week of rest slash preparation and all of that. This is a big test for Danny Sprinkle and the Bobcats to get over 500 to leapfrog Eastern Washington in the standings and to, you know, uh, uh, hold serve against the other good teams in the conference that you need to do if you're going to be one of the other teams that's going to compete. And right now, I mean, there's a whole bunch between three and two and two and four is like eight or nine of the 11 teams in the conference. I guess eight of the 11 teams are in that window. There really? is no separation between in the, right. in the middle of this thing, and Montana State of even 500 is, is dead in the middle of it. So this is, a, this is a big game to me for Montana State to try and get a great win, but win with the rest and the preparation that favors them at home against a good Eastern Washington club. No doubt, and I mean, when you look around the league, too, I mean, the Grizz are the only team that really has any blowout-type wins, and that's the Grizz' last two wins. But you look at the Grizz' first two conference wins, they beat Sac State by two, they beat Southern Utah by two. I guess they beat Northern Arizona by seven, but then they went back-to-back two-point wins. You look at Eastern Washington right now, they're three and two in league. They beat Weber State by two, they beat Portland State by two, and they beat Idaho last night by three. So you're, you're talking less than 10 points total margin of victory yeah. for multiple teams in the league. I think it shows just how razor thin the margin of error is. Montana State's the exact same way. They've been either a two or three point winner or a two or three point loser in in five of their six conference games. The only team that's really made any sort of statement type wins have been has been Montana. 
And so we'll see if that can continue. I don't think they really have a chance to make much of a statement Saturday as much as they just have to take care of business against a team that they're expected to beat. Montana State, though, they do have a chance to to sort of... Montana State's the most middle-of-the-league team in the league. Until they're not. And if they win on Saturday, they're not. You can you can say they're definitive. I mean, I'm not sure if Montana State is between... I think they could be as good as, as third or fourth, and they could they could be also be in line to play in that 8-9 game. Right. They could make a step into being in that the top half of the league with a win on Saturday. This to me is a statement game for Montana State to Montana State. Yes. They need to they need to show for themselves that that they are a team that is gonna win games at home on rest against anybody that comes into town. You know, I think that's I think that's important for them to show that. And then yes, to be above a five hundred team and to start to get into that top half and further in the conference standings. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. To tell the one is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, can we talk some big-time college hoops for just a second here? Sure. Okay, the Gonzaga. That was that was sort of pejorative. I didn't mean to do that. It's you know it's all big time, but I'm talking about top twenty five. Okay, rankings. That's all I'm trying to say. I didn't mean to like disparage anybody here. The Gonzaga Bulldogs have been number one for a little while now in the nation, and, and it's a number one ranking that has been passed around to like a eight ten teams already. I mean, I don't know a lot, how many. A lot of teams Everybody's had sure. it. Baylor is right there in the AP poll at number two. In fact, Baylor has one more first place vote than does Gonzaga, but at the end of the day, they tally up the points. Gonzaga is number one overall. Now, Gonzaga just played Santa Clara. David has, David, how many alma maters do you have? You went to like six <laughs> or seven colleges, right? In your uh, three trail. I went to three. <laughs> three. You went Santa Clara being one. Did you go to Arizona State? I did not go to Arizona but State. You're a my big, girlfriend did. Okay, big Arizona State guy because your girlfriend's there. You went to Wyoming. Where else did you go? I went to Texas A&M as well. <laughs> okay. Okay. So our guy David's been around a little bit. And you have a very, uh, well, I guess a, a tradition of watching the annihilation that is Gonzaga v. Santa Clara every time that it's on. That's correct. It's the one game at Santa Clara that people care about. So you got to watch it on TV or it, when it's at Santa Clara you go to the game, but so but and it is like if you've been in there and you went to the school, 
Then when it's on like national TV, you're like, hey, this is great. Well, everybody here can relate to that, right? When Montana, Montana State is playing on, you know, whatever it is, even if it's like the Pac-12 network or whatever, you kind of tune in, you get a kick out of it, see what's going on. Exactly. And uh, what they were, Santa Clara had a, had an early lead and then it just didn't quite last. Is that what happened this last month? Yeah, I want, I want to give a shout out to my Broncos and their current head coach, also former Arizona State head coach, Herb Sendek. They were up on the number one program in the country two minutes into the game, 5-4. 5-4. After that, you know, they took their 50-point beating and headed back to the sunny state of California, but they were winning there. Now, you slipped in something here. Usually, I, I feel like I'm pretty good about this. Is Santa Clara the Broncos? Yeah, Santa Clara really? Broncos. Go Coes, baby. I didn't know that. See, I, Now, I knew that they weren't the banana slugs. Okay. That's UC Santa Cruz. Right. But I thought they were another one of those oddballs. I didn't know they were the Broncos. No, just the Broncos. Now, Santa Clara, Levi Stadium is in Santa Clara, That's isn't correct. It? So how far is campus from that from that stadium? Um, it's like 15-minute drive, and you don't have to get on the interstate, so you don't actually have to worry about traffic. You just cruise. When, when they built that, now, how, how long have they been playing in there? I mean, it's only been like four years or something, the right? The first year of Levi's Stadium was when I was a freshman in college. Was so that a, was that a big season. deal? In, like, I mean, obviously it was a big deal, but like, were people pumped about it or did they hate it? They're like, no, get these guys. We got enough traffic to deal with. It's literally the worst stadium experience I've ever been a part of in my whole life. <laughs> what? It's I've been to, to I've been to hockey games, football games, and soccer games there, and they've all been just horrendous. You went to a hockey game there? Did they yeah. have one of the winter games there? They had a, a stadium series game there. Really? Yeah. Um, okay, now I'm going to back off of this. Oh, go ahead, Coulter. I don't know. Just, just for context here, Santa Clara... He's not exaggerating. Did lose by 50. They lost 104 to 54. <laughs> okay. But just bear with me here. Gonzaga is currently averaging 88.7 points and giving up 66.7. So the average margin of victory is 22 points. Yeah. But that doesn't even do it justice. They've won 13 games by 25 or more, nine games of 30 or more, five games of 40 or more, and this is the third time, third, in one season that they've won by 50. That's that's outrageous. I've never seen anything like that. Now, I can honestly say here, now, I, I, I like Gonzaga. I root for Gonzaga. I'm in this, you know, kind of like, you know, you proximity thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, so, but here's, I haven't watched them play it. Why are they good? I mean, they're, they're always good. I get that. And Mark Few's got it dialed in. They got a, a great program. But, like, I, they had a bunch. I mean, they had two first rounders, right? And and yeah. Yashi was like a, uh, what, what's his name here? here? Rui Hachimura, Hachimura and Brandon Clark yeah. both went in the first round. But Hachimura went like ninth overall, and he's That's doing correct. great for the Wizards, right? So was Brandon Clark for the Grizzlies. Okay. For the Grizzlies, the so Memphis version. What what are they rolling with now? How are they doing it? Well, they have they have a grad transfer from Texas A&M named Admon Gilder. Killian Tilly is still there. Sure, Corey Kispert yeah. is still there. They have this guy, I can't remember where he's from, Petrushev, but he plays on the block now. Okay. So they just yeah, I, think get, I think he's Serbian. They just got yeah, Serbian. Out. I think he went to Montverde where right. uh where Montverde. Ver, Montverde where I think isn't that where Ramad Simmons Rory, Yeah, there. Ben Simmons and Ramad Rory were mm. roommates at Oh, at that's Montverde. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Dave, what were you gonna say though, David? I don't wanna to put some more 
context onto this beatdown. Gonzaga was a 20-point favorite. Yes. And they were up 36 at halftime. And for the second half, they were still a five-point favorite. So, like, after they've played one half of basketball, Vegas was like, they're going to win this game by 41, and they won it by 50. I mean, just utter domination. That's covering all over the place. Well, that's good. I'm glad we got a little Gonzaga talk in. Zag Santa Clara, the annual affair that is yes. uh, the Broncos and the Bulldogs from Central, I guess Central Cal, right? Uh, no Cal, okay, I don't know. I don't know the how. Bay Area, Silicon okay. Valley. There we go. Northern California. That's that's it. It ain't, it, it, it though isn't, I know it is Northern California in terms of the popular discussion. It, it's not Northern California. Not really, no. It's, it's like it. in the middle of the state. I mean, it's completely Central California. You can't be more dead center than, than the Bay. Thank you, David. Very yeah. helpful. So Texas A&M and Wyoming and Santa Clara and Arizona State. I know he didn't go, but I mean, that's like, we're getting a lot of good stuff out of DeGraff on this here now. Um, quick break. On the other side, some more work that uh, David did for us. Doug Russell, he hosts evening sports talk show on 94.5 ESPN Radio in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's also the anchor uh, on the same station, WTMJ, for the Packers opening drive every game day, the pregame show for the Green Bay Packers. He joins us next to talk NFC Championship game, which is happening in the worst stadium experience that you could possibly have, evidently, in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium. We'll talk about that next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. Dot org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.